You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. How are you? Uh, you caught me in the middle of a, a sip of tea. Very nice. Um, and I'm fine. How? Uh, that chair that you sat on. We were just discussing. Makes a lot of noise. I can't you, make a noise now. You said, you could buy me a chair. And I said, I would never buy you a chair. It would be the worst possible experience. Because you've had many chairs. Well, not many. But you've had chairs at your desk. And what generally happens, this is my observation. You get a chair. Might be a quite nice chair, an office chair, you know, $300 or whatever. Is this the before, the after, the show discussion and observation? Over time, the chair... I'll come in some one day, and then the chair's got no arms, but the arms are like in the garage, like, and I'll be, I'll just look. Oh, perhaps you didn't like the arms. And this one you're sat in now, the the arms and the back have both gone. So now it's just a it's an office chair that spins, but it's just the it's just ba- the seat, just the seat, which I don't. Know I think how you, you know sitting. what I long for. I don't know why. I think I long for a tractor seat. What is that? But, you know, a tractor. Like a farming tractor. Yes. Like so the a, seats were like yeah. roundy, but they like had it springs. fits your butt. Yeah. No, no. Just, oh no. Old fashioned, like a... Oh, like a plastic one. No, metal. Where it's actually, it's like the shape of a butt cheek. Sounds it's very got a thing raised up in the middle. Oh, I know what you mean. Cupped yeah. around your butt. Yeah. And I think that's what It's I like a bike saddle a little bit. But, uh... No, no, it's big. Goes in it fits your whole butt. Yeah, I know what you're... Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what, I could probably find one of them and make and my own And then just fasten it to that. Yeah. There you go. I just don't like, you know, I have a big butt. And you don't understand. You don't identify. So anybody out there identifies as a big butt and big hips and a fat back. And I don't like to sit with my legs always just straight ahead of me. I like to, like, put one leg out to the side a lot. And so when you got arms, you can't do that like I'm doing right now. Like, my legs are at a 90-degree angle. I mean, I've One's had this chair. One side. I don't care. You're skinny. You fit. Want, no, it fits I, you. That's not the point. I've had this chair for a long time also. In fact, <laughs> yes. it's falling falling apart. But as long as we've lived here. It is very comfortable. Like, yeah. it is super comfortable. Um, I, I keep... I okay, often, and if it wasn't? I often think to myself, I'm going to get a new chair at some point. You know, I, I'll get a new chair. And every time I look at a load of chairs, like, I'll go online and look at chairs. Oh, that one looks cool. That one looks cool. And then I think of myself sitting in it thinking, it won't be as comfy as this. It won't be, will it? For for months, all and year. I think the same thing. But my thing is, this one's not comfortable. There aren't, there isn't going to be one that's comfortable enough. So it doesn't everything doesn't fit right, and uh, so, so that's why. So I that's chair talk for this week. Um, so if anyone out there has like the perfect middle aged round lady chair and wants to send it to us, I don't like a back that pushes on me. I don't like arms that constrain me. I like why, it to be able to spin around and roll around. That's why when you said you could buy me a chair, I was like, nah. No, I'll you never could buy. give me the money. I'll to never buy, buy you a chair. chair. Even you with the money to go and buy a chair, you would not find There's a chair. There's some at work. Here I could look and see what they are. I don't know what the brand is. I bet they're those Herman Miller Aaron chairs. Oh my God, no. no. I work for the state government. They don't have those? Fuck no, man. Pardon, there's the F word for you already. Are you kidding me? George Miller. We're lucky if they probably spend fifty dollars on a chair. <laughs> they might be Herman Miller clones because you can get like cheaper versions. Well, of they've them, got like the spinny the back, kind of, like, like this, yours. with the mesh back. Yeah, the whole back is mesh, and there's really big backs. Yep. 
Um, they, they could be the clone versions because they, they were leave, popular. You can make them um, a lot recline, of kind of. Yeah. That's kind of nice. <laughs> They're supposed to be really comfy. And, and this very... is chair talk with and the, Scully and Zinta. The base is supposedly really aerated too, right? You're sitting on mesh too, right? Yeah. It's yeah. really comfy. It's but comfy. they're not that, that fancy one, though. All right, so let's get off chair talk. It is Saturday, <laughs> August the 22nd. This is after the show number 390. And the movie we're looking at this week is Mad Max Fury Road. It's a 2015 movie. It will be really, We're actually doing a really early review on this. It's actually released on Blu-ray on the 1st of September. Uh, it's rated R. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers. You'll be able to get the Blu-ray on the 1st of September. But the digital version on Vudu and iTunes and all that, you can actually get now because they've released that a couple of weeks early. So you can actually watch this now if you go and get the digital one. So, Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Mad Max Fury Road. Well, it is... Apparently, from the beginning, little synopsis, post-apocalyptic. I don't think it's post-apocalyptic. It's post-nuclear excur- um, explosion. Excursion. Excursion. Explosions. Years and years ahead. Years in the future. And the world is a desolate, violent place. And we have one place that's sort of like um, ruled by a guy who has water. And he's everybody's sick. I don't. Not everybody's sick everywhere. So that one thing I didn't understand exactly. But sort of like inbreeding's going on over here so badly that you have all the poor scourgy people and the the sick guy in charge, and he's breeding women for healthy children. He owns the water. Then you've got the people over here who make the bullets, and they're violent as well. And then you have the people in the distance who have all the oil and the gasoline. So you've got the weapons, the fuel, and the water. And in the midst of it, somebody, a woman, wants to do something good by freeing some women from their uh, captivity, birthing captivity of being just basically cattle, and um, who happens along to kind of assist her in her journey, a guy named Max Radonetsky. What's his last name? <laughs> I just call him Max. <laughs> so let's let me preface this by it has actually been in Aschoolie.com headquarters this week. Mad Max Week. Headquarters. We have um <laughs> we have experienced the whole of Mad Max this week. We watched uh Have you read all the comics? No. Well then you haven't experienced it all. I didn't believe there was any comics. Well, well somebody wrote not not they're not canon stuff like uh, there was some canon. comics there's actually non-canonical a, non-canonical they were, were going to make an, uh, an anime too um, but it never got made uh, there is a fan film on YouTube that's 30 minutes long that I watched this week and um, it's kind of uh, approved by the director and it's um, it fills in you know the first movie and the second movie it fills the gap but it's obviously not um, Mel Gibson. What? It's another story of him coming across somebody who needs help. It's interesting, and, and there's a bit of like who did I? Who did I? It's say interesting, this is like? and there's a bit of a twist. He's the Incredible Hulk. That uh, that really fits them together. It's quite quite cool. It's like a. It's not your very very cheaply made fan film either. But anyway, regardless of that, we watched all three this week. Uh, all four this week. Regardless, and. Um, you know, I I watched Mad Max originally uh, in the. 80s mm-hmm. on VHS. Well, 70s when it came out. Yeah, I probably watched it in the 80s. I didn't watch it when it came out. So I watched the original. Now, in my mind, 
the original Mad Max was the be-all and end-all of Mad Max. And, <laughs> and the other two movies I didn't really care for. But after watching them all this week, I actually, my, my mind was completely wrong. Because the first Mad Max, while I, I enjoy them all, actually, because mm-hmm. they're so off, they're a bit off-kilter. They're, they're not exactly, <laughs> like, what you normally see. They're all a bit off-kilter. But for me, um, after watching, you know, I... I the second Mad Max is the one where we, when we watched the old ones this week, where I was like, yeah, this is the one where it, everything feels just right to me. There's an awesome bad guy. It feels more post-apocalyptic stuff. The first one doesn't at all. It, it isn't though, is it? The first one. It's just like the stuff's going to ruin in the first one. See, but, I don't, this is part of my complaint that I'll get to later. But I said in the first one that, um, about the world we're living in, that first one, uh, it felt like a student movie to me. Even though it has some awesome elements to it, it feels like somebody's gone out at the weekends with the mates to make a movie. Like, there's some really odd... Do you mean like Peter Jackson? Like that, yeah. yeah. That's how it felt to me. But that second one... I don't one... mean that's how I made Lord of the Rings, but... <laughs> no, that second one, it had all the elements for me. I thought it was really good, the second one. It was, it, it, it was an R-rated one, so it went a bit, you know, more hardcore, which I think this kind of story needs. And then the third one, I wasn't really into it. The children and all that. I I tried to really enjoy that third one. And while I enjoyed some elements of it, you know, the weird town and the underground thing with the pigs, just the weird shit, I didn't think that one worked fully. It was a bit... It goes a it's bit... It's like a prefabricated Mad Max. Like, yeah. we have all the elements. We have this... We know it's going to be popular. And now it's the 80s. And here's Tina Turner. And here's Tina Turner with big freaking soldier shoulder pads. <laughs> soldier pads, shoulder pads, and a hit song, and all the trappings of weirdness. It feels but not, like the studio got Even it. this one, there's there's a lack of grit, because it's all very Hollywood dirt and Hollywood grime. It's not... You know, when I think of a movie that gave me... Ugh, ugh, the like, first Mad Max. No, no. A movie that made me feel... Ugh, like dirty and grimy and like something really horrible was happening was seven. It's one of those movies that when I watched it, I really felt the, I mean, the guy screwing the girl with the big even knife. Though, even and, though that's still quite a glossy movie, isn't it? A Hollywood movie. But it isn't. It's That's what I'm saying. It's grimy. And so when I watch a movie like this, it's all a little bit showy, but... But these, these first, they're very different, these first. They two. are, yeah. It's all because you, you when you go back and watch old movies like this that you've seen before, and you didn't think you'd seen all. I of don't them. think I had. Now that I think of when I watched the first Mad Max, you clearly saw and then them. I, I, I'm all the way through. I'm like, do I don't even I don't recognize any of this now. I told you though, I've always been bored with car chases. I've always when I was younger, I'd get really bored with like sort of long sweeping moments of what I thought when I was young as nothingness. So there's very high likelihood. That I just wasn't paying attention. And I was just waiting for something interesting to happen. I was not distracted by a cell phone, obviously. Because it was the 80s and I wouldn't have had a cell phone. But I might not have been fully engaged. The second one, I remember the guy with the thing poking up out from behind his head. The third one, obviously, I remember because I remember very specifically The third one was the guy with the thing poking up. The second one was the red mohawk guy. He had a thing on his head. I mean, the face that sticks up on the third guy. Right. The second one had a guy with a thing on his head, too, I thought. Well, it had the weird kind of gimp guy in the in the uh, big the bustle guy. True. But I don't think I was paying attention, so I probably saw it, 
on HBO or something. It also wasn't gory enough for me. Because if I was a teenager, I was looking for, you know, titillation and like something. That second one has that. A little tiny bit. Barely. I mean, the guy gets a thing in his head and there's some other stuff, but not... (laughs) When I was a but kid, it, it wouldn't have been enough. But I, it was su- it was I was super enamored with them because you know it's the you you I don't know how old I was thirteen something like that. You've not seen many like super these kind of movies, and then there's some you can oh you can go and rent a movie on VHS. Oh, this like you said, you felt like you're watching something you shouldn't be. I watching. shouldn't really be watching this. This there's boobies in it. There's <laughs> you know there's violence. There's the whole thing's a bit like not for kids. So I had that thing of, oh, I want to rewatch these. I really like them. Even as a kid, I remember. Don't believe I watched the Tina Turner one much at all. Maybe I, maybe I just didn't like it. Um, but I enjoyed them overall. I'm watching them again this week. They're super dated. They're, there's loads <laughs> of faults in them. They, they've, but one thing that I took away from watching all three of them, and it's not like, oh, Mel Gibson's awesome as Mad Max because like he could really be anybody, but it's. George Miller, this director, has a, abs- the eye for the action scenes. And there's action scenes in those first three movies, even. All the way back in the 70s that are like, wow, what am I seeing here? This is like like next level thing. You know, somebody here no- is doing something new and groundbreaking. Like, trying to make this look real. This car stunts are just amazing. Even in the first movie, the car stunts are... They're almost... Well, they're real, aren't they? Everything's real. So I just took that away from it, watching them again as, wow, back then, this is a, this was amazing stuff, like, in terms of action movies. Nobody had done and this. Dangerous. Kind of yeah. Because nowadays there's so much safety, and back then, you can be sure they were not being that safe. No. So, um, that's what I, you know, I don't have a massive fondness for the Mad Max movies. It's not like Star Wars. Think about it, number three didn't have that. So much. Yeah, the big train thing at the end. But that was, uh, again, like an awesome scene, like similar to this one. Like a, wow, like how are they getting all this action together? It's just crazy. But they all have that. They all have an element of that. So I think this guy, and I I said to you, I can't wait to see. This is 30 years later. He's not made a Mad Max movie for 30 years. He comes back and makes another one. So I was excited to see this today. And what can he do now with today's technology you know you can put the cameras in different places there's all kinds of and from the opening moments of this movie i was like dumbfounded by it i was like what is how is you know is this cg is this not cg and we learn later that most of this is not cg right it's it's well a lot of it i mean if you look at all the coloring and the filtering and the fire all the fire's got to be cg because you could tell but then you saw them doing real fire on the set Mm -hmm. so it's enhanced, maybe, to yeah. make it look. Um, but this movie is like, we just watched the extras. Practical motor stunts. People really turning trucks over. Yeah. All the way through. And this, I said to you the other day, you don't really like car chase movies. And this literally is a car, this is a chase that lasts an entire movie, right? I Pretty mean, much. I mean, off chases, and on, different And then there's, a, then there's yeah. a bit of story in the middle. But it is very long extended sequences of driving with action. And I thought, well, you're going to really not like this. But I was like, this is, I want to watch it again now. (laughs) Like it it was, I I feel like I missed loads of, because there's so much and it's overload almost. I feel like I missed every, you know, I want to see that stunt again. I want to see that thing blow up because it's like, it's a split second on the screen. And you want to look for all the references, don't you? 
Because yeah. you know they're going to be in there. There's a lot of stuff in there, but I I adore this movie. I, I love action movies, um, and I haven't seen an action movie like this in a long time. Like, I, I can't actually would say to you, I haven't seen an action movie like this, aside from the other Mad Max movies, which they try this, but the, the limitations of back then, what, what they you could do. You mean like your train thing from... Uh, what was the name of it? With Johnny Depp and... Oh, the Zorro train sequence. Not Zorro. It wasn't Zorro, was it? The Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Yeah. Right, so that kind of sequence, not the whole movie. I didn't really like that whole movie, but the train train chase at the end was, like, I really liked See, it. See, and you're opposite. I don't want to sit there for a whole fucking adventure of people jumping off of shit. I like it sometimes. No, I, and don't get me wrong, I like... I like, okay, but you call this a masterpiece, which is just not right. I think this is not. a of action movie, action movies. This does everything right for me, and and there are some things wrong, and I'll get into them later. But as far as what it does right is, it's an action movie, and it 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 tells you it's straight up from the beginning. This is an action movie. You know it is. Like they set off, and you know that it's just going to be balls to the wall action, and it is all the time, and it's two hours long, and there's always action. There are, there's hardly any downtime in this movie. And there's also hardly any dialogue. It's not really... Do you think every time somebody talks, it's downtime? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, there's no... It's moving. It, it moves. Like, it, you're going to somewhere yeah, new. but you're implying that anytime things aren't moving, that it's down, which means it's a negative. I just but mean... It's not no, I don't negative. mean that's a negative. I mean, in terms of an action movie, if you're going for an all-out action movie... Um, you don't want... But it's not downtime just because you're taking time to tell us a story, which is one of the failings of Mad Max movies. Right, which I... So what I thought about this movie was there's not a lot of dialogue. There, There is dialogue because they have to explain some things to you. But most of the movie, like a comic book, is told by action. And you you understand people's motivations, you understand... You just understand where people are coming from a lot of the time without even... You just know that guy's doing this, and that guy thinks this, and that guy's... They've, everybody's got their own motivation, even the little um, guys who are probably going to f- fly off. Everybody's, you know, the guys who spray the... So they, they've all got, like, a motivation for what they're doing. And everybody in it, because it is just this long chase. But you wouldn't know what their motivation is if they didn't say that they were going to Valhalla. No, have to say but what words. I mean is they, they, there's no depth. Actions don't tell you everything. So I think it's awesome. There's no depth to the, you know, they don't they don't have to go into, like, major detail. It's not that kind of movie. It's an action movie. But an action movie that makes you feel like, I know what's going on all the time. It is well, like some action movies I find, where they do all that shaky cam or they, they're doing fight sequences and sometimes you're like, I don't even know who's hitting who at the moment. This is all very well plotted out. You can tell it's well plotted out. Every scene, you can those guys are going to jump there, and that guy's having a fight there. You don't feel confused by what's going on, and there's a lot going on, like a lot in every frame. Uh, and it looks beautiful, this movie. I mean, it's altered. Like, um, I was reading uh, George Miller, the director, said he wanted it to look beautiful. He wanted it to look really colourful because he thinks post-apocalyptic movies look drab. So he wanted this one to not look drab, so he added loads of colour and bumped the colour up on everything. And then they do these night sequences, or this night sequence, that actually takes place during the day in real life, but they put like this blue filter over the top, and that even looks, it reminded me of Pitch Black, you know, like, it has this odd 
you know, you don't... I, I didn't figure out that it was daytime, did you? What do you mean? When it's at nighttime, I didn't figure out... I didn't out really know where he was going because it was really out of place for the whole rest of the movie, so I didn't quite get what he was well, going Well, when for. they're in night... When they're, when they're at night... I wasn't clear that they, it was nighttime? Well, she were just... said, we're going to have to drive all the way through the night. Right, but they didn't say that that was night? They just were driving and then everybody But that's actually taking place in the day and they just ch- colour change. And that's how this movie is done. Even the colourful sequences, they bumped up, you know, they've... There's even a sequence where they fire these flares into the air. These, you know, it's just—it's a big spectacle. The entire thing, these cars that they made for this movie. The cars, I'm totally impressive behind. things like like Cadillacs stacked. If they on don't top make an action other. figure for every single one of those, so they can have the whole collection, I don't know what they're thinking. Because the cars are part. When somebody said on those extras, the cars should have their own credit, should be in the credits. I I agree. They're all character. Those cars. Oh, those cars tell something about the people who are driving. Yeah, the cars aren't characters. Let's not be that. Well, like in Wacky Races, the cars, when you watch Wacky Races, those cars, as well as those characters, the cars, when I was a kid, the cars are as much of a character as the cavemen have got. The personality is is just in the car, right? And in this movie, it's the same. You know, the dude, the king, is in his big, you know, double... You and I have to disagree. The cars aren't as important to me, except these cars are cool, but they don't do anything for But they tell story. a story, all of them. They've all got well, the, something the about The person them. who controls it has their own story and the car is an extension of them, like but the it's not car its own individual thing. In Mad Max. Yeah, that was a weird one, though. Yeah. That doesn't do it. That's, not, that's a wacky <laughs> races car right there. But uh, all these cars in this, you know, it, there are lots of them. And yeah. they're, they're all, there's one that's like a tank, there's like a One thing truck. that they did well in terms of, like, art direction, so that when you are in the middle of action and there's lots of dust going on, that you know precisely which vehicles belong to who, to whom, because they've made them very distinctive. The ones that have all the rusty spikes poking out of light, them. Yeah. The ones where the dudes are all in black, and then the ones where the dudes are all white and pale with the black eyes, you know, the black around the their eyes. The motorcycle dudes. Right. You can tell each group by a very distinctive style, and that's very important because... Sometimes there's like three things going on, a group coming from over here, and that was one thing I always get. That's why I get bored, because I'm like, why should I have to study the screen every second to figure out... Well, you didn't get bored in this movie. No, I did not. So, um, and that's partially what, due to like, I think it's like how it looks. I think a lot of this movie is how it looks and sounds. I didn't like the sound at all. There's a genius thing with the sound. (laughs) And it's genius. It's a good thing we're married, because uh, we would not be friends. I'm not talking about the dialogue. I'm talking about the sound. Like, the actual sound design. Right. And there's this genius thing. And it's the... He's the king. Like, the he's the dude. Like, he's controlling everything. And he's got his... He's, he's in... You know, I'm... He's going out in his car. Like, the queen might go out, and she has all the escort. And his escort happens to be badass with people who are going to kill you. But he has this war... What, what do they call it? The Duff Duff truck. No, he's not on that one. But he's not with on it, him. no, but he has this it's truck. It's the Duff truck. The Duff truck. Um, and it's a truck with, like, <laughs> drummers. It's got drums, those big taiko drums, that Japanese <laughs> drums. It's got those big drums. Six of those on the back. And then a guitar player hooked to the front of it with a electric guitar that with all big stacks, like you see Motorhead, those big um, speakers. And he's got a flamethrower guitar. And that thing plays music very, very loud. So often, they do in this movie, they'll have a scene of Max and his crew, and they're way away from it, but you can hear it very small, like in the background, and you can hear this guitar riff and this drum, dum, dum, dum. And you can tell how far away, like, 
It's 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 genius. It's like I never noticed it. It happened quite a lot when he when he first even met the girls. Um, you could hear it in the rear speakers just slightly, and it's like it's this reminder they're coming. They might not be the fastest ever, but they come in like because they've got these big vehicles, and it as it gets closer and closer, it gets louder and louder, and then occasionally you're you're actually right up against it, like where you see the guy playing the guitar. I've never seen anything like that. It's so bizarre and weird. Like it's that's the thing of all of human history, right? Wars have yeah, it's done like that. like I yeah, mean, like the it's the war drums, like right. like it is. But instead it's of like a, a flute, modern... you've got like a metal guitar on guy strapped to but it. It's such a, escape. It's just an awesome visual, like and it's an awesome you know? visual. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's fucking crazy. Like, and these people are crazy. Like that that's a thing that would intimidate the shit out of anybody. These people come in with these... Like, they've gone to that trouble to do that. Just to scare (laughs) people. like, Or or to... Look, we're this army. We're coming. And you can hear us and you can see us. And we're just insane. You also can think, what else does he have to do? He is the king. There's no money involved in what he does. He has the water and he can grow the food. He has all the slave labor he, he can bully. He has all these sick people around him who don't have any choice but to stay there. So all he is is a warmonger. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I'll, that's it. And his, his costume design, he's got this kind of breathing apparatus kind of armor on. And it's got just little subtle details. Like, he's got these medals. That, so you think maybe before everything shit hit the fan, right. he was some... Or he, he just, you know... The, no, I think that was because he was something before. There's all this detail in that... And we forget, the, well, you get to the cast in a minute, who the actor actually is. Yeah, there's just so much detail, though. It's dripping with, like... You know, it might not be all explained because it is that kind of... It's just an action balls-to-the-wall movie, so you don't get loads of backstory What balls-to-the-wall actually mean? I just thought of that. Uh, How is that action-oriented if you were standing with your balls against a wall? I don't know. It's kind of... <laughs> and how do you do that? You bend over really, really hard and put your balls up against no, the wall? No, you just put them on the wall like that. <laughs> and how is this action-oriented? In any way, it's an action. You put in your ball. I don't actually know why it is. No, I don't know. Balls to the wall. Mm. So everyone needs to think about that when you say, "Oh, it's balls to the wall action." Why are your balls against a wall? Like, are you in one of those centrifuge rides at the fair where it like sucks you up against must... the wall? <laughs> but yeah, this doesn't have a hundred. This doesn't have a ton of like backstory detail no. or anything. But there are things where you look at it and go, "Well, they." this guy's not been around for like two years. This shit history with this guy. Look at his outfit. Look at what he's, you know, that baddie as well. Even though he barely, you know, he says a few things, but it's it's just an intimidating look, that, isn't it? That whole, the design of that. Mm-hmm. It's the, like, there are intimidating guys in the other Mad Max movies too. Like, the, yep. the, 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 they always do it well. But this one, he's just scary to look at. And when they shove the camera right in his face when he's in his car driving, it's like, this guy's... It's fucked. Like, I don't want to even be near that guy. It's like, ugh. But, um... This is... I don't know. It's real, I I could rave about it all day. I, what is your opinion on it, exactly? <laughs> Do you care? Do I, you even care what I think? Did you really... Are we into- I really enjoyed it. I My main thing is, with the action, I always get a little bit like, okay, okay, okay. But, because there was... And it wasn't like... He kept calling it kinetic, which I think is so pretentious bullshit. This is a kinetic movie in the extras. It's not. Because that, to me, means 
there's so many cuts and so many edits that your your brain is just like you like you said you can't keep track of what's going on. Not at all. This would no, linger for seconds on a thing flying towards you or somebody making their way to jump onto a vehicle. And even then, even though it's not like super frenetic, it is fast enough, but it's clear enough. And I I was interested in like. I did start, I did bust the bubble a little bit though, because I started thinking about the stuntman and like, whoa, holy shit, that would, that looks really hard. So that's not great because you shouldn't be thinking that that's a stuntman, but that kept me even more interested when it would go on for like four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. I was like, oh, you know, my mind starts. But they keep like introducing something new, I I found. Like, like you might be going, oh, okay, they're having a fight on top of a truck. What the hell is that? Something comes up. Right. When the pole guys came along, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then, but my, my problem of my brain is, this is the way it works, I can't turn off wanting to understand how things came to be. So I'm looking at all these vehicles, all these different things, and my mind, instead of just like you, just, I guess, turning off your brain and watching the action, <laughs> like a dude, I'm thinking, why, 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 why did they build the pole things? Why do they put, I understand the spikes coming out of the vehicle, but what led that group of people to do that, and why doesn't everybody do that? And, you know... If you're making these really souped-up vehicles, they're still very vulnerable because they apparently blow up at the touch of a thing, right? So they're all really vulnerable. Why aren't they all armored? And, you know, so my mind does that. But this time, because I was really intrigued by some of the... Well, again, I was bursting the bubble because it was like the art design and thinking... In a world where you had nothing new being being made at all. There's no new cars being built. There's no new engines being built. There's no new metal that's being forged anywhere on the planet that we know of. That we can tell from this story. You know what I mean? There aren't like steel factories and shit going on anywhere or whatever. How would you make? How would you become like a, a force or, a, or a, an army to be reckoned with. And then I'm watching it like, yeah, I get it. I get that they have a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> they have all, they can go out and rummage the countryside for all these bits and pieces. It's much more impressive than right. Tina so Turner's, then I get to, um, yes. World. Yes. Yeah. And then I get to thinking about that. And so I'm more engaged in the actual world. Now, that's just the way I'm really, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that I can purely say is 100% superficial that I'm just like, I probably have. But, I have to always yeah, dig a little hot, deeper. Probably in my mind. hot pursuit. <laughs> I didn't love that. One. Was it called hot pursuit? <laughs> yes, I didn't love that one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty super. It's yeah, and I didn't good. love it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there are movies that I've just let it go. That there's nothing deep enough to keep my interest, and in, I don't care. That I just enjoy whatever I'm looking at. Um, maybe something like the show True Blood or something in the beginning. It's pretty superficial, but I just love the kitsch of it. But I enjoy this whole movie. I really enjoy Charlize Theron. And my number one thing is, Mad Max either doesn't need to even be in the movie hardly, or he doesn't need to be Mad Max. Because the really the driving force is this woman and her goal of simply getting... A cargo. Her, well, they're not cargo, they're people. Yeah, free, but, uh. and get them to a place where she can resolve her own issues from her life. And, you know, that's the story there with this woman and her goal to get, do something good in a really terrible world in a terrible place. And so the Mad Max character, while he's handy and he kicks some ass, I guess, here and there, he's actually quite disposable. And I would... And I that's would, my argument. I'd also say that about the la- of the first three movies, he is also 
But he's not, because you're introduced to him, and you get to know his story, and then you watch the second one, and you know his story, and that, uh, this one you're supposed to start over, because it's not him, and we don't well, know... Well, what I mean is, in the in the first three, in the first movie, yes, he's focal, because, some, you know... This, right, and then you're... Some, presumed... And then in the second two, he, he, he turns up, and the interesting part of it, the same as this movie, is the rest of it. Like, I couldn't care less about him in, in those other two movies. Like... The thing that's going on is interesting. What's the thing in the second one? But he's just passing through. Um, the thing with the, you know, the place that can make all the gas and the the weird punk dudes, you know, it, their thing. They're having a, you know, they're trying to rule the wasteland, aren't they? And he just didn't gets in the way. Like that's that is how Mad Max works, isn't it? Right, but in those, it's in all three of them actually. Him and his skills and his view of the world and his angst about what's happened to him in the world are important to the role he plays in that action. This one, it's not like that. He could literally have been any dude that she found in laying in the desert. However they forget how she found him. But that's my biggest, that's my only complaint, actually, is that it's, I love that it's more of a, that there's someone else as the hero. Yeah, I do. That too. she's more, That's kind and of she's a... not even a hero character necessarily. She's just driven. She has a purpose in her mind. She has, you know, she's a, a different thing in this world where everybody else is fucked up. You'd like to think somebody has something better going on in their mind, right? Now she is the focus. So I like that. It's kind of like the video game Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> they advertised it as Metal Gear Solid 2, you know, Solid Snake is the hero. And then when you actually play it, it turns out Solid Snake isn't the hero. In fact, you don't play as him. You play as this other guy who turns out to be more interesting than Solid Snake. But it's a curveball. It's like... So it didn't have to be... It didn't have to be Solid Snake. It's just a... I mean, it didn't have to be that game. It could have been called something else to right. get rid of that character. That's right. how I felt about this. That's what this is. It's using the name because we're all familiar. I think what he's bringing to it is the world that we live in. I'm... Now... I don't like to presume that people have seen other movies that go with other movies. I think that's bullshit. And they don't need However, to. No, no, but if you are familiar with the world that's been presented to us in all, th- all four of these movies, that's what it's bringing. That the world, if you, as you like to say, is a character in the movie itself. That the, the setup we have, where it is just desolate. The world's the biggest character, really. Like- that's just... And the way that it's set up. We have never found an oasis. We've mm-hmm. never found a place that is not even... There's nothing. There is no goodness in this world. No. Not like when you read Book of Eli. Right. <laughs> read. When you watch Book of Eli. Where at some point, there may be a place that's better. Where people are good and people want to have a good society, right? Other movies that do the same thing. Or like Walking Dead. Where you're... You, well... You keep stumbling along places that are good. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then... But Walking Dead's pretty grim. It doesn't really take It is. Good. There's never a good place. No. Not truly good. No. So they have the desolate Mad Max philosophy as well. <laughs> there's no, like... There's no, like, castle in the sky, you know? But Mad Max is a... Mad Max is I would well, watch this again, too. Just to watch it yeah, all play out again. It's, it's a lot of fun. And my favorite thing of the whole movie... Well, I really love Charlize Theron. And I love... The, the cast of women is, I think, all really good. You know, at first you see these gorgeous young ladies standing in their white I mean, things, and I'm models. like, I roll my eyes, yeah. like, oh my god, are you serious? But then, of course, you get it. That's why they are there. They've I thought that was chosen. genius, to be honest. Because uh, you, you keep using the word genius for yeah, this movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was because I was like, it's not genius. I was like, oh, okay. 
Michael Bay's um, criticized a lot for here's the really, 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 really super hot and for no reason. And it true, uh, Michael Bay should be criticized because there is no reason. It's It's completely exploited. So they can bend over something and you can look at them with no clothes on, right? That's the that's Michael Bay's vision of that. In this movie, so Rosie Huntington Whiteley turns. You first look at him and you're like, oh, you go, oh my god, Victoria's Secret models in the middle of the desert. So now we have to be like, oh, look how hot they are. But (laughs) then you realize there's an absolute reason for that. Like it's not genius. Yeah, but it's not gratuitous at all. Like it's semi-gratuitous because of the way they're dressed. They don't have to be dressed that way the whole time because once they were whatever, then they could have got some jeans and some shirts on. So that is gratuitous. So don't try to pick it up. There wouldn't be any jeans and shirts, because Mad Max, (laughs) as you know, it's either um, Halloween costume leather jackets. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or um, sex S&M outfits. Or ratty torn. Yeah, there's no jeans. Right, but (laughs) wearing a white sheet that's wrapped only in a diaper that's wrapped around your little skinny skinny butt and little tiny white top. Yeah, they could have found some clothes as they were uh, planning their escape, but I got it, so that didn't bother me. My favorite thing is that we do come across a group of older ladies who are awesome. Like, awesome. They are survivors. They are kick-ass. They, and it's not like, it's not also gratuitous in that, oh, as if that lady could really do that. Because there were moments when, you know, I didn't think anyway that it seemed too far-fetched that you would see a woman be able to pick up a gun and smash a guy in the face, even if she's, you know, my mother's age. Because they're tough. Like, yeah. they're tough ladies. And so I really loved that. Do you that. remember the tough old lady in the first Mad Max as well? The really tough old lady. She was from um, Prisoner Cell Block H, the American soap. Mm-mm. She's in the end scenes of, of the... where Just before the wife gets uh, in, in the house... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a tough old lady, too. Yeah. So he likes tough old ladies somehow. Like, it's a thing. Well, that's the only time it ever came up was then and now. So I don't know how much he likes them, but... That's a theme, though, isn't it? Um, But the idea is... And then, you know, the theme of... You have to be tough, is We're going to rebuild. We have to rebuild. So we have to presume, from what we've seen in this movie, that there's no place that people are actually able yet to rebuild and grow things, except this guy with the weird thing on his face has... What are they? They're not mountains. Well, they're big, yeah. tall things, and then there's green up on top. So, I mean, like, yeah, they're like a mountain, but not. Yeah, like a canyon. He's in like a canyon. Yeah, it's like a yeah. rock formation, but it has. But it's awesome greener. where he is. Like, it is like, awesome. Like when you watch uh, Mad Max Three, and the, she goes, "This is the Thunderdome," <laughs> and she's like, and then you're like, "It's shit. It's like it's really small. It's like made out of bamboo." It's and like, do you really? remember thinking when you watched yeah, it? Yeah, when right? I watched it, it, like in my head even, it was this humongous Massive. thing. Amazing. Yeah, like... Amazing. They, and it was separate from from uh, Bartertown because it was... Bartertown yeah. was like the shithole and I always... I And she wh- unveils it even. She goes, Thunderdome! And then you're like, <laughs> then but she, it's shit. And it's then really she comes bad. down on that stupid yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> this is my... You know what? I thought about this later. In that world... Later, she'd have to be sitting in there, and someone would have to crank yeah, her, crank her all the way back up. And I'm like, how vulnerable is that? She's like the lady in charge, and she's just floating But down it was obvious, <laughs> like, with that, they wanted a big grandiose thing, but that was as far as they it could go. It wasn't grandiose at all, though, when you think about it. No, it I think really they wanted shitty. it. They probably wanted it bigger and better, but you've got to... But with this, like, I feel like that place is impressive. Like She it? thinks it's impressive. Oh, that place is, in yeah, the new, the new place, movie. yeah. This, it's an impressive... I, yes, you want to be there. Yeah, when he drops the water down and it's like... 
this place is, you know, there's all these mechanics in the mountain. It's crazy. So that was impressive. But Thunderdome, not impressive. So let's move on to the cast here. Um, Tom Hardy plays Max. We haven't discussed him much because even I'm in agreement that Mad Max, even though it's called Mad Max Fury Road, he's just a portal to what... It, everything that's interesting about this movie is not Max... Everything else is really interesting, but Max but the himself problem is, is you want him to be. Yeah, you do. Like, I but... want him to be. I want him to be an equal partner in this and that bring whatever angst he has that we... Because we're seeing him have. And he he tries to portray a little bit of craziness. Yeah. And you said he tries to be like Riggs. It's a little bit odd. Which is not right. Because it's wrong. I just movie. think his whole... Uh, Tom Hardy, yeah, he's... It looks like, you know, in he's this movie. Fine. He's fine. Qu- his face is covered quite a bit in this movie, like Bane. He played Bane and, and his face was covered. The, 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 and he does a really odd voice like Bane. <laughs> not Bane's voice, but another odd voice that's not Tom like Hardy's Like a Batman voice. thing. Probably. Yeah, it's weird. It's a bit weird. I felt like some of the delivery of the lines was a bit weird from him. Yeah. Um, like, sometimes it sounded like he was a Cockney. Sometimes it sounded like he was an Australian. I had no idea what he was trying to be. So it was a bit weird, like. Um, and we, you also pointed out. Because I said the looping is so bad, and that made his performance even extra bad. I mean, his performance is funny. fine. It's very neutral to me. I'm not. I think as an bad. action star, he's he, all right. He's jumping up well, on action, stuff. Yeah, anytime he's doing yeah. all that. But the thing is, he brought. I said I wanted him to feel, and I think he has the potential. He could, but he didn't. And now you find out. You know, you can find out other things later. But I want him to be menacing and damaged. And I want him to feel like the guy, if he's Mad Max and he comes, you come across him, that he's actually going to be e- at least an equal partner in getting you to some kind of safety or something. I feel completely safe with Shirley's their own, with the Furiosa. Like, I feel like she, That's I'd be thing. happy to be That's with her anytime. Because she's such an awesome character. Literally, yeah. she could have her own movie and it would be awesome. really awesome. Yeah. Um, because she's so awesome, it, he, and Mad Max, supposed you know the hero of the film, he just fades away a bit. Like, and there are times where I'm like, they're not going to make this. They're not going to. They're not going to survive this. Oh yeah, they are. Furiosa's here with a gun. She's going to sort it out, <laughs> yeah. and she does. Like, she yeah. does sort things out where Mad Max doesn't. So yeah, it's weird because it's a Mad Max. Movie. And I don't know if it's the way it's written, maybe or a if conscious it's thing that he wanted to. I don't feel like he had it. a lot of presence, and I think some people have a huge pre- like she has a presence to me. I mean, even like the silent moments when she's driving and she's looking around and there's a there's a certain intensity about her that tells me who she is. And I feel like, oh, she's either really bad or she's really going to kick some ass. I never felt that from him. No, and I'm not saying he's bad. No. Because, because all the action that he does, and he does Neutral. a lot of action, <laughs> he's jumping up, he's doing the stuff. I don't know if it's a stuntman or he's doing... Do you something. think that's the point then? He's just... Muscle. Just, I feel, feel like that's how I see him. Like, I don't. He's not memorable or anything. He's just. A, he's like a telegraph to get you into the story, and then like you kind of leave him a little. I remember bit. the sick boy more. You he leave ducks. him to the side a bit, and then all these other interesting characters start coming, and you're like, "Well, these are all cool," and then you almost forget about Max at, at points. Um, so Charlize Theron does play Furiosa. She, she's. I would pay to see a Furiosa movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Like. She's the best thing to come out of, you know, like, 
Like, it's like she could be a thing in herself. Like, they're separate to Mad Max's universe. Like, she could go well, no. off and... in that universe. She'd have to be in that world. Yeah, but I mean, Furiosa. separate to these Mad Max movies. Doesn't need Mad Max on the poster at all. Like, it's just Furiosa. You know who she is now. Yeah. And this is her badass adventures. Like, or, you know, how she got to this point or anything. And Charlize Theron, I love her. I think she plays awesome. I mean, I loved her in Prometheus, which is one of my... She can play a badass. And she... I mean, this is as badass as it gets, really. She's very focused, and she's not, like, sappy or anything. She's no. just this, you know, good female character. I would say matches up to Max, but I'd say actually exceeds Max. <laughs> yeah, she's, totally exceeds. Max is a bit of a puss compared to her. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> I mean, he's tough in all the right times and all now the right it, moments. Now, but... here's a character that I thought was going to annoy the shit out of me, and it's Nicholas Holt, who plays Nux. Yeah, me too. And at first I was like, oh no, they're going to have this crazy one-liner character. That's It's probably going to be that guy. But holy crap, was he good. He and, me, and his he character me, was good. Yeah, he took me through more interesting like, like he has emotions than Mad Max did. And he has... There's a lot of stuff that goes on in him where he's like, okay, I'm doing this. Oh, this seems bad. Like, why am I doing this? Like, now I've got to... He's got a lot of conflicting stuff going on. Like, and he yeah. makes some friends along the way and... He's got a heart to him, like, even though... In fact, if you think about it, he's the only character that changes. Yeah. Our perception of Furiosa from the beginning is that she works for the bad guy. Yeah. And then, of course, she's not. But that doesn't mean she's changed character. He is a changed human being. From what he sees along the way. Well, yeah, I mean, he takes that thing. Nobody else does. No. I really liked him in it. I thought he was great. And, you know, he's in some crazy makeup. Yep. He's very... Like, he lost loads of weight for it. He's, he's odd-looking. It's like he's malnourished a little bit. <laughs> well, he's sick. Yeah. Um, Zoe Kravitz plays Toast. Um, I don't know about her, really. Neutral. Uh, yeah, she's... Neutral. Nothing she, bad. I thought she neutral. took it a little bit too seriously. Yes, in all the those girls did. Yeah. All those young ladies did. They were so trying to, like, girls. really... I th- actually, Overthinking it. No, I think somebody had told them to overthink it because they were like, oh, yeah, they took us to this thing. And I think they I told think them... I think the to director guy takes things real seriously. to be very... For, in a weird way, I think he, he reads, he thinks more about the story that he never puts on the screen. Right. He, it's all behind the scenes. In his mind, he does all the storyboards. I think he thinks up something for every single character, but a lot of that doesn't ever hit he the screen. He truly does do that, yeah. doesn't he? Like, that's why I was saying, like, the cars, just things that are on the cars are telling the story that you might never really yeah. know. Like, oh, you know, those medals on that guy, there's some story there that he knows. Well, that, that, we mean, that may not be the director's. That might be the art director who does I mean, some, but somebody made up a backstory that yeah. is quite evident, but you're never going to know it until you see a movie that covers that guy, like, or whatever, like a comic or something. But, um, yeah, these girls, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley as well, she plays the splendid, the splendid An- Angerad. <laughs> They've all got names. It basically has five wives, this big dude. And uh, they're really, really attractive women. And young, the reason, young ladies. And the reason for <laughs> them is like... We're talking like barely legal, if there is any legality. He wants a world. nice bloodline. He wants a son. Well, he wants children that aren't sick because he's really yeah. gross and pussy. And so they have this like extra quarters in his in his mountain, like this separate... Wait, well, yeah. He walks into Wait, it yeah, yeah. and they've kind of graffitied it up and stuff because they... Because they are kind of protesting a little bit about what's happening to them, but um, yeah, he look he looks after them mm. in a, in more like ways they're than cattle, more. though. Yeah, Not really exactly. They're they're breeders. They're called breeders. It's like, like here, I'll give you some food, and tomorrow I'm going to kill you and eat you. Mm. 
So that, you know, that whole thing in that mouth, there's these women who are being milked their breast for mother's milk. This is, this is some odd shit going on in that mountain. It's just not a place you want to be, I don't think. But, um, these girls, I thought they played it really well. Because I like, forgot to mention, it's like everyone is ill. Yes. And we're going to assume it's from fallout Even the bad guy. and inbreeding yeah. from the time of the nuclear. Yeah, because he's got the, the mar- you know, pussy marks all mm, over him and weird cancer tumors that are coming out of him and they're all really pale. So we know that something genetically has gone very wrong. So anytime you, they seem to come across, we have to fill in this part though. They've come across healthy people who are just not half dead. And, um, then they use them. I think that's why they milk the ladies because then that milk isn't tainted or like um, radioactive. Maybe? They're milkers, they're breeders. It's yeah. all very, it's kind of gross. Like the it's whole all thing. very PG thirteen. Yeah. Oh no, it's R. <laughs> no, it's kind of gross. The whole idea, like it's just this, it's this thing where you think about it and go, yeah, we as humans, they, somebody would probably somebody do would that. do that. Yeah. Um, Let's so, not test the waters. I also put down um, the bad guy. He's played by Hugh Keysburn, and he's. Immortan uh, Joe. And if you are a fan of Man Max, you will know he's also Toe Cutter. And Toe Cutter is the guy from the first one. Yeah. Uh, and he's pretty he's pretty crazy in the first he one. He has really strange hair and that. But yeah, he comes back as a bad guy in this one. Not the he's not the guy. same character. No, no. But same. the thing is, it could have been. If, mm. if we'd plunked Mel Gibson back in the part and it's 30 years later, definitely could have been. Yeah. And this Except p- that he got hit by a truck. <laughs> True, the getting killed part. Yeah. I mean, it could, you know, it could be an ancestor. It could be. Uh, well, he could have been all sewn together. And that's why he's all fucked up now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, this bad guy is awesome. You know, he says a few things, but the art design of this bad guy is—it's just gross. Like it is a gross image to look at. It's—he's—he's he's ill, like you say. He breathes he- heavily, like a Darth Vader kind of thing with a mask on. Um. He's in this see-through kind of bodysuit, so he so his sores aren't. Somebody's like tending to his sores at the beginning, but he's just this gross, big. What I think of, and I play games that like Borderlands, yeah. um, video games that take place in this kind of scenario, and they're always horrible, mutanty or ugly or. He also kind of reminded me his face and the things coming out kind of remind me of Predator. Yeah. It's just an image that's like, ugh, this guy, I don't want to deal with this guy. But, Predator, um, the movie, is way better than last week's movie. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know why that just occurred to me. I don't think me. you could compare those two. I'm just saying, as a movie, and it's not a great movie, it's way better. And so finally, I put Melissa Jaffa, she plays uh, the Keeper of the Siege. She's an old lady yeah. who kicks a load of ass. Yeah. You don't see many old ladies kicking ass in movies. Well, the uh, other la- she didn't do any. The other ladies did, but she's yeah. one of the crew. She's one of their, um, but yeah, there's and a... the lady who hosts the Australian uh, Project Runway, Project Runway or top model Project Runway, and I watched it right, and then I was saying to you, I know I've seen this lady before, and you're like, no, she's been in this movie and this Australian thing, and wow, you've never seen any of this stuff, and then you mentioned, oh well, and she's executive producer on Project Runway, I'm like, yep, she hosts the whole thing, and I watched it all, so that's why I knew her, but she was good, yeah. So, the Blu-ray um, comes with some extras, which are actually quite good. I was impressed. They're not, like, too short. They're, they're, they're in depth, kind of, you know? Uh, first one is... Um, oh, this is one of those Blu-rays on the back that doesn't tell you what they all are. <laughs> okay, so I will try and remember them from memory. There's some deleted scenes, three of them. 
which are all pretty good, actually. I liked them. Ugh, the baby one? Yeah. Ugh. Um, and then there is the making of Mad Max, which is like an hour long, actually. That was good. And you s- it tells you everything. And then... Well, it doesn't tell you everything, but it's... No, because you know what? It didn't have a costume section. It didn't have a music section. No, it but it, it's very detailed in terms of going into, like, the location and what, you the know... stunts. But then there's another one, which is another 30 minutes long, which is actually just about the cars. So you get to see the cars being made. They show you it, the concept art for every car and then the final results. Um, there's a bunch of featurettes Five like Brides. There's one of them talking about the movie, basically. Yeah, and, and those girls, like, they... Fe- Young ladies. I feel like they were, um... Young women. They're not girls. They took it really seriously. Yeah. But I don't think that's them. I think, I think they thought a bit too precious about it. I think them. they were told, like, you know... They sent them to a camp to be, you know, like... No, she said, I told them, if I was going to be part of this project, that there would have to be No, workshops. they told me, she said. They told her. They told them that the part of doing this project, you have to oh. go and be this, uh, go to this place to to learn how to behave, like and uh, how you go, how you fit into this world, and behave. Not how to behave like as a real life person. How how your character would behave, like we would. Workshops. It's a workshop, yeah, acting workshop, and she's with this script. Rosie Huntington White has only been in one of the, one of the movie, and that's Transformers: Dark of the Moon. So she's not like an accomplished actress or anything. So. It's like learning process for young actors, you know. I don't know about that. I think, doing but they it took is. it very serious, especially Zoe Kravitz. So yeah. when she was talking, I was like, eh, I think you're looking. you're overthinking it. Yeah. Six months in the desert and how tough it is and how hard it was and how cold it was. I just I want to just freak out when actors complain about how hard their job is. I know it's got to be tough, but you are just making a movie, and if you never made that movie and it never existed in this whole world. No one would know any different. Well, I'm super glad that Mad Max Fury Road exists because <laughs> I had a hell of a time watching it. And I will watch this again. It's just, it's an action movie. Does it have a, a commentary? It does not, unfortunately. Oh. So I'll just watch it again and watch it again. But um pleasantly surprised. And after watching the Mad Max movies this week, I was hoping for something, you know, up to date and spectacular. And that's what this is. It's very... Those are very now, like those are very of the time, those Mad Max movies, and you go, that one feels like the 70s, that one feels like the 80s, beginning, that one feels like the middle, of, this feels very 2015 to me, like, it's using cutting edge stuff, it's, it's just a crazy, you know. I don't know if it feels like it's now or not, it feels like it's then. I mean, it, uh, the kind of movie it is, it's, it's very, you know, like, we're in the era of watching stuff like The Avengers, where, like, it's all very, you know, we... We've got past the, oh, that looks kind of fake and that looks kind of dumb. Not always. Things look really good now. Like, Not always. And this movie looks Don't really even good. lie, because we've watched movies that... No, I'm big. saying this movie, like, I believe everything, like, because yeah. most of it is... But don't pretend like all movies are that way. Well, decent ones. I was getting yeah, but... like, Guardians of the Galaxy. I believe Rocket Raccoon and Groot are there. Right. Like, you know, but it's... there are other big action movies we've watched with big budgets who that are not that great, visually. We're getting to a point where it's getting... I think there'll always be shitty visual effects. Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, yeah. No matter how big the budget is. But uh, Mad Max, I have nothing to complain about. It's just balls to the wall, <laughs> put your balls on the wall, action. I'm looking up that phrase right now. Um, I highly recommend it. This is, this is real, you know. if you Even if you're not a Mad Max fan, and I've not seen any Mad Max movies, you can get something from this movie. It is fun. So what is your, um, what do you say? 
I think that if you don't need a lot of backstory and you don't care a lot about why things are the way they are, except you just have a, like a one minute uh, voiceover and that that's enough for you and then you like to see shit blow up and crash, then this is definitely... In a very... It's not like... Quality. Yeah. Way. And you need... You know, it's, it's a new... It feels fresh, like, to me. But I think that people mostly like all of that aren't even going to care about the story. And either way, you have a a good, decent, tiny bit of a story threaded through. Yeah, it's decent enough. Decent enough. (laughs) No, I mean, it's not not high drama or anything, but... For but it's huge when you think about it. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and there's a we lot. We think to about think the about. world. If it's the reason it's shitty, and one line I, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when one of the ladies turns and says, "Who are these men? Yeah. Men, as if men are the problem with the whole world." And if you look at it really closely, she's right. And so I like the idea that the thread of this tiny story is trying to somehow get. Get us all past that, all the bullshit. And am I wrong? Because I think one of the the three dudes in charge of all things, the bullet guy, mm-hmm. the gas guy, and this guy, one of them called the other one brother. And the yeah, other one did. said all of this because of a stupid family. He did say that, yeah. So are they... Yeah, that's what I got it. That they're all three brothers, yeah. and they end up being in charge, but they're but not of, cooperative. Of, and, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a family feud, like a... Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's really interesting, and I feel like go back and watch it again. And I was gonna say, why are they all so close to each other? Like, why can they actually see the gas place? But that's because if I have the water pumping out of the ground over here, and you have the oil over there, we can't. There's no choice, really. You mm. are you're gonna stay wherever you be the where you resources. Found it, right? Yeah. Um. So, uh, thank you to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Good Kill, starring Ethan Hawke. We're gonna be watching that next week. If you want to enter a contest, go to acecoolie.com. You can win something there, a Blu-ray probably. Uh, you can find our movie recommendations. We rate, we recommend some movies every week based on the movie we just watched. Sometimes Sidtart doesn't follow that. So I am going with, because we watched the Mad Max trilogy this week, watch the Mad Max trilogy. Yes, it's super dated now. Uh, but if you like the post-apocalyptic thing, there is something to be said for those movies. There wasn't tons and tons of movies that did that back then. That's why they stand out. Um, and, you know, it, you don't go in there for Mel Gibson's stunning performance or anything. Go in there for exciting car chases and uh, crazy stunts for the day that you'll be like, wow, they really did that? You know, there's helicopter shots. There's... And lower your expectations for story. True. Um, so that's my first one. And my second one from Charlize Theron there is uh, Prometheus. Because she's in Prometheus, obviously. Um, and you know we watched the Mad Max trilogy this week. The next, we should just watch the Alien. Yeah. Prometheus. Just look at my recommendations. Prometheus first, <laughs> and then the Alien movies. Because what I was thinking of, my recommendations, contrary to what you just said about me, that I don't always follow the movie, is that I was trying to think of another movie, or set of movies, that of a female protagonist who is not in charge because... She's the queen or because she married somebody or fucked somebody or gets money from somebody that she's literally her life is important enough and everything going around her is important enough to make her the main character in what she does, her skills and her drive. And of course, you just mentioned them, Alien, Aliens and Alien 3. I don't care what anybody says. What about 4? I liked it. The only thing I don't like about Alien 4 is that she's not really the focus, except for that weird ending part. 
don't really like the end of it. And the whole thing isn't really about her. I mean, it is because you find out that she's been cloned many times. But I mean, it's more about that little ensemble cast of people. And while I understand Aliens is as well, I still feel like Ripley is the heart of it all. She's the main thing. And she's just an amazing lead character for lots. And there's lots about her. There's lots to her. I understand her whole story. I'm I'm totally, I'm a huge supporter of Alien movies. So that's mine. Well, what else did you have to add? What? You were looking something up. Oh, I'm looking at Balls to the Wall. And this one explanation that I've found, it says the expression comes from the mil- world of military aviation. In many places, control, control sticks are topped with a ball-shaped grip. One such control is the throttle. To get maximum power, you push it all the way forward to the front of the cockpit or the firewall. So called it because it prevents the engine ah. fire from escape, reaching the rest of the plane. Another control is the joystick pushing it forward sends a plane into a dive. So literally pushing the balls to the firewall will put a plane into a maximum speed dive. And figuratively, going balls to wall is doing something all out with maximum effort. So nothing to do with testicles. It is actually the aviation equivalent of pedal to the metal. So you probably like say it in Top Gun, come to think of it. <laughs> What? They say I need. I feel the need. The need for speed, but I don't remember them saying balls to the wall. But your balls to the wall. <laughs> Maybe Iceman says that. I do not know your your infatuation with that movie. It's a good I've movie. never liked it. It's a great movie. It is what it is. It's it was something you'd never seen before. Something like that. So. Yeah, I think that's why. Because it's it was. It's it was the definition of a blockbuster movie of its day. In those it? days, when was it? Late eighties. Mid-80s, I think. Was it? I, I would say 85. Because Risky Business, he was in, right? And no. he was pretty young. That was middle-80s. I'd say 85 for Top Gun, but I might be wrong. Anyway. Well, I'm just thinking that I would rather watch Breakfast Club ten times than to watch Top Gun oh, again. Oh, no, no, no. no. That's, <laughs> that is the wrong answer. <laughs> Do you want to divorce me now? <laughs> Top Gun is... 1986. Close. Okay. Breakfast Club... Probably 1985. Oh, oh my no, god. It was Risky Business. That would have been earlier, wouldn't it? 1983. So he only did that one. Wow. All right. So that's. So our, that was our quick review of Top Gun. I don't like it. You love it. You I love really it so love much, it. you like froth at the mouth about it. It's awesome. Awesome soundtrack. Awesome love story. I went to the danger zone. You're ruining it. Um. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Really awesome soundtrack. Really awesome. It was not an awesome soundtrack. I think it really is. It's so it's so iconic. It was during your impressionable years, and the, just like me with Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles, those were the movies that that to me. I don't care. You can say anything about them you want, but you'll be wrong unless you love them as much as also, me. Also, Top Gun has got everything. It's like got the action and adventure. It's got the romance. It's sad. You know, it's got. Tom Cruise on a motorbike. You mean it's got a formula that kicks into your penis right away and makes it hard? And yeah. uh, Tony Scott directed it. Also. I guess it wouldn't kick your penis, but... Balls to the wall. So... <laughs> uh, We've learned today, kids. We've learned what balls to the wall. It's actually the ball on a throttle against the firewall of an airplane that makes it go into a nosedive. Alright, so um, games and A-Scully stuff this week. Been playing some more Destiny. Don't really need to talk about that. We'll be talking about it in a few weeks when the Taken King expansion comes out. Uh, also, I got into the Call of Duty Black Ops 3 beta and played that a bit this week. 
it didn't work most of the time, to be honest, and it ends tomorrow. So I need to play some more tonight. Um, but you know what? I think I am coming to the end of my Call of Duty run. I've bought Call of Duty every single year since it started. I don't... I'm... I don't know. I can't say, never say never that I won't buy it this year. But I'm in the mind of I, I won't buy it this year because <laughs> I'm actually. It's gonna be weird because I'm used to losing you. But I'm actually into. Hours yeah, of... but you will from Destiny. Is it the same though? Yeah, like Call Destiny. of Duty. But that's how Call of Duty went. Seven days a week for three hours a night. You were invested. Destiny's the same, but uh, I. You I have a friend to play with. A little friend. I have friends to play Destiny with, <laughs> but uh, I've kind of Destiny is. Um, started being more appealing to me than Call of Duty. And it's just because there's more to do in Destiny. And when this expansion back comes in uh, September uh, for Destiny, it, it makes Destiny twice as big. So there's a whole, like, all of last year's content. And then there's a whole this year's content. And I've been playing Destiny the whole year. So this new expansion's going to cover me for a year as well, probably. So that's why I like Destiny. I feel like you get a year's worth of stuff. When you pay your money. Whereas Call of Duty, last year's, I did buy last year's, and it started to wear off quicker. Like, I, after a month or so, I was like, okay, I'm uh, wanting to play something else now. Wait, maybe you're growing up. I don't know. But Destiny, I uh, keep going back to it. I was playing it last night, and uh, I bought it almost a year ago, and I'm still playing it. So there's something to be said You're for still this. playing it with the same enthusiasm? Yeah, like, 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 when it starts to load up, you're like... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and like, I can always get some cool item might drop. Whereas Call of Duty doesn't have that. It's you win or you lose, and then you. With this, there's always a possibility of, oh, I'm going to get the next good gun or the next. That's what makes it interesting? That's the thing that. And the shooting's really good too. But that's the thing that keeps me coming back to it. Whereas Call of Duty. The killing and the trinkets. Once you've prestiged in Call of Duty, you can. Just have to do it all again. Prestige again. Prestige again. You don't get anything better. Like you've, you've got everything. Whereas in Destiny, there's always something to get. They add new things, you know, and then you might get it. You might not. You might get it. That's the thing that. Have you heard the expression "carrot on a stick"? Well, that's what it is, and it works in games. Um, so Call of Duty need to take a leaf out of their book, and maybe. And then be just like Destiny. Well, not exactly like it, but there's something to be said for having like a loot system. Where things might happen, might not. Loot is a very enthralling thing in a game. You know, since Diablo did it years ago, now Diablo 3 does it. It's this random, you know, I could be playing and... So you'll waste a hundred hours of your life, in my, my, in my opinion. Not waste. waste. No. It's waste. If you're doing something repetitive where you actually might be sitting there for two hours thinking, oh, mm -hmm. but if I sit here long enough, I'm going to get this shiny object to play with. No. That doesn't sound fun. No, that's not... I'm not going, oh, God, is this boring? Like Never. You're never bored. Not playing De Destiny. You I said haven't... the other day, I'm just grinding here. And that was yeah, Destiny. Yeah, but, but the grinding's fun. Like, I'm, I'm just... I, that's what I was doing. And it's like a, you can turn your brain off kind of um, activity. It's not super stressful like you're playing Call of Duty and, like, every single thing is like, oh, somebody's going to get me. It's True. just like, no, I'm shooting these guys and I'm collecting this stuff. It's fun to do. And maybe... When I've done enough of it, I will get something. Which in Call of Duty, it, there isn't that. You you play this highly stressful game for an hour, then you come away like, Phew, that was hardcore. <laughs> you know? Whereas in Destiny, you can, you can do that. You can go in and play with people. But you can also do these 
other things that are not as stressful. So maybe I'm just getting old. Hmm. Maybe. So finally, I wanted to say we went on a bike ride this week and my front tire... What kind of bike ride? Mountain bikes. A long bike ride. 25 miles. True. And uh, we've been riding bikes all summer and we've never had a, a puncture. And I, we were riding along and... <laughs> you said, what the hell was that? I was like, And I went... <laughs> <laughs> and my front tire blew. Are you going to tell the rest of the story? Or are you going to be a man? Well, my front tire... it never happened. My front tire blew and... Uh, yeah. My friend said, oh, you should carry an extra inner tube with you. But that would not have helped the situation because it actually blew a hole in my tire. Yeah, the hole there. Like, not a small hole either. Like, how, how big's the hole? Like... Size of a dime. Yeah, which is... Even if you put a new inner tube in that tire, there you will get a puncture pretty quickly. Yeah, the inner tube and the tire both had a hole. Yeah, so I've had to... And the rest of the story? You can tell it. As I was riding away, because I was just going to walk with you all the way back, I was like, oh, we can walk. And you're like, oh, if you go back to the car, come back and pick me up, I will come to a landing and I will wait. And you can tell me what you want, but anything you say different is bullshit, because that is what you said. I will wait and I will flag you down. So, I rode my fat little ass off, getting back there as fast as I could. I was seven miles. Well, 6.66 miles, so six and two-thirds miles. And I don't ride fast. I ride comfortably and slowly. I don't like a challenge. I just like to ride along. So, I rode really fast, thinking, he's not going to want to walk seven miles back, and that's a pain in the ass to push your bike, and so I'm going to go as fast as I can. That was not your choice. That was my choice. Fair enough. Then I get to the car. I immediately get my back on the thing and I take off and it's kind of a pain in the ass to go we have the you have to get to the road that goes along the trail so you have to go kind of like across this big bridge and around and then you loop around a few miles and then you come back to where the road is parallel to the trail and I'm looking and the road's 60 miles an hour and it's 5.15 in the afternoon and there's a huge amount of cars coming behind me because they're all leaving town to go back out to their little towns where they live you know Jeff City they work in so I'm going like 40 and I'm looking, looking at the trail. I'm going like, I set my little um, distance thing on my car so I could see how many miles I'd gone so I know how far about I can tell. So I'm looking and I'm like, it's been three miles and I'm looking in the bush and I'm looking on the flat areas where you can actually see I'm surprised see the trail. you didn't actually see me. And I'm looking and looking. I'm going like 40 and I have like, I look in the back. I've got like 20 cars piled up behind me and it, you can't really pass on this road because it's one of those roads. So I started pulling into every Every stop, every little in, like driveway or road that crosses the path. So I'd pull in and I'd pull right up to the path and I'd look both ways. I'd wait. I don't see him. So I'd back out, get back on the road, go down to the next one, look. I did this for an hour. I even asked like four or five different people, have you seen a man just pushing a bike? I've, I've been looking for him. It's my husband. He's like, come, you know, people who are also biking on the trail, not just like random people on the road, but like... <laughs> People generally are very friendly on the trail. One lady said, oh, yeah, after I'd done this for an hour and I was at the very, I was like, I'm even at the three and a half mile from town mark. I've come, I've come up and down three times. I'm sitting here like, well, if he hasn't made it here yet, I guess I'll just wait here. And then she comes along and I'd seen her before. I spoke to her. And I said, have you seen a guy pushing a bike? And she pointed toward town, which is closer to the car. Well, where the car was parked. Yeah, he's, he's up near the thing and I was like right and she, and she was like 
looked at me funny. I said, well, my husband told me he would wait for me and I would just pick him up back. And she was like, she kind of rolled her eyes. And I said, you know, that's marriage. She goes, oh, I have an (laughs) (laughs) ex-husband. So then I just drove back to the parking lot and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to sit here and wait. If he decided to walk all the way back, he can just walk all the way back and I'm not going to go worry about it. And here you came like 10 minutes later. And the lady came right before you and she goes, he's coming. He's on his way. And I was like, okay. Men do not say what the fuck they mean. And I don't, you can, I don't care. You can defend it all you want. Say what you mean. Say what you mean. I'm wrong. And do what you, you don't have to be sorry. It's not, it's not like the end of the world. But it's just annoying as fuck. I could have just sat there and waited for you. I could have leisurely rode back or my first suggestion we could have had a nice stroll together. Wasn't really a stroll. Yeah, but pushing my bike, I wouldn't care, and we would have been continue our conversation. Ugh. Anyway, but I'm over it. <laughs> so what is? Uh... So that's the tire blowout hole story. Yeah, I no. didn't. I'm just glad you didn't wreck because that would be horrible. I actually thought about it as I was riding back, and I'm pedaling my little round fat feet, and I'm thinking if he was actually injured. Even if I'd call, like, and here's a problem. People are probably thinking, why didn't you just call him? Well, your cell phone doesn't have service. You just do Wi-Fi and my, you know, so that's why we didn't just call each other and say whatever. But I thought if he was actually injured and for whatever reason my cell phone didn't work because I would probably just stay there, call the cell phone, find one of the outlets, tell the people I met mile marker this, I'm on the Katy Trail, you know, that kind of thing and wait. But if I had to ride back, it would still have been like... I'm still not very fast, and I would be like, am I, I don't even know, I guess adrenaline would kick in or something. But this way, you were just sort of walking along, and I knew you'd be listening to your podcast. So I was like, he's not like injured or anything, but I was just, I thought about it like, oh, I'm glad he didn't fall over and bang his head. or Yeah, if you were going fast, and you have a blowout yeah. like that, you probably would fall off. Or but... what if you were going on one of those rough areas, and yeah. it happened to blow right then? Cause I we... wasn't going particularly fast, so it wasn't so bad. Even though it did push me so to So as annoyed as I was, I'm just glad you weren't injured. Thank you. But the, um... Yeah, I had to get a... So then I have to come home to, and say, oh, a lot of inner tube and a tire. And then I find out that my tire size, 27.5 <laughs> by 1.92, I know it off by art because I had to look it up about 50 1.95. times. 1.95. 1.95 is an odd tire size for some reason. All tires that are 27.5 seem to be 2.0 hmm. on the width. Is that why maybe your bike was cheaper? I don't know. I mean, it's a common men's bike. It's not yeah. like it's a rare thing. I ended up finding the tire on eBay uh, and bought it from eBay. It was like um, $20 for the tire. I don't know if these people want to hear our biking stories. So hopefully this tire lasts longer than that tire because <laughs> that tire only lasted, what, 600 miles. Well, that's that's a lot of miles, but still. If, if you're no, we ca- only ride on a trail. We don't yeah. ride on smooth trail's surface. pretty rough on tires, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, that's my biking story. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? Well, today I got to the store and I was like, mmm, mashed potatoes, smashed, you know, rustic kind of mashed potato, red potatoes with the skins and lots of earth balance and salt in there. It sounds really good. Beyond that, I couldn't, couldn't really focus on anything. So, like, mm-hmm. I have mashed potatoes in my eyesight right. and some vegetables, maybe a sandwich with the salt. veggie hams, <laughs> yeah, with salt. Um, I don't know what else. So mashed some, potatoes a sandwich and sounds good. Of some it kind. does. So that's it. That's it. All right. And some and chocolate. What's your advice before we leave? Paint a picture. 
I know that even you would say, oh, I can't paint a picture. But if I gave you a canvas or a piece of paint, you know, just canvas and some paints and just said paint anything. I don't care if you paint a stick figure or like paint it all black with a dot in the middle. The process of dipping the paint and smashing it on the, well, I call it smashing, but brushing it onto the canvas and making something that didn't exist before, even if it's just nothing. I mean, literally, you just be like, Ugh. there's something very cathartic about it. Now, it may be because I'm artsy-fartsy, and I'm in the process of painting a picture that terrifies me, because mm. I'm not a good painting person. I know this, and you might say, oh, no, it's really good, but it's not. Technically, it's not. I don't have any techniques. I just sort of wing it. I, I know how I want it to look, and then I sort of do whatever I have to do to get it there. Um, but, because I have a cousin in my town, small town where I grew up, part of my small part of my childhood and she asked me if I would do a painting for them to put in the drawing for the town fair you know where you buy five tickets and you can win like somebody makes a porch swing and somebody makes <laughs> donates a cooler and she asked me if I'd do a painting or a piece of art and I was like "Ooh!" my first thought was sure no problem and then I thought about it and I'm like Ugh, somebody could actually put that in their house or wherever maybe they'll stick it in a closet but now I'm, I feel a slight bit of pressure, but it's really exciting. And the more I get, when I get the paint out and I've got my little palette and I'm smushing my paints and I don't know much about color theory or how to mix colors or anything very good. I just sort of do them until they look. That book I just right. got. You did. You gave me an art. Is that what that was for? Do you think I was struggling? <laughs> I just thought that sounded like it was about painting. I have, I have art books that I've read and still I don't 100% grasp it because I'm kind of a gypsy sort of person, I guess. Gypsy minded. I like to wing things. I'm not very good with structure. But there's something I get to looking and I'll do a thing like I did that tire. Like I'm doing a couple of cars in this picture. And I was like, that looks looks good. That looks good to me. Technically, I don't know. But to me, I was like, whoa, when I step away, it's right. And that feeling that that wasn't there before. And I just took this scraggly 99 cent paintbrush and my cheapest paints that I can buy. And my crappy little palette that I have. And my cheap canvases that I buy on sale at Hobby Lobby and make something that didn't exist. I just feel like it's really, even a person who says, I'm not creative. I don't do artwork. I think that it can, it does something, even if it's just momentarily. So I say paint a little picture or draw a picture. If you have a pencil and a pen and you're sitting at your desk and you got a piece of paper, draw a picture and don't draw cock and balls. If you want to. <laughs> well, no. You can draw just... the uh, portrait of balls to the wall. <laughs> yes, if you have. Yes, if that's what you want to draw. Yes. All right. So, uh, good advice. Good advice. So, I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also... I'm A. Scully, your Sid Talk. Uh, you can catch this podcast on stitcher.com. Search for After the Show. The iTunes Music Store. The uh, Xbox Groove. Is it? Uh, they don't even have podcasts yet. Why do I even mention them? Uh, I'll just go to the aschoolie.com. I'm going to sneeze. I mean, Windows has podcasts, but I don't know if you can find us on there. Yes, you can find us on there. We're in the uh, Windows Phone one, at least. Um, you can also go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. I'm still going to sneeze. <laughs> ah, you can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, uh, Mr. George Miller. Um, there's going to be another three Mad Max movies. Let's hope they're as good as this one. I'm going to say stay classy, Charlize Theron, and think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>